It's time now for Keeping It 100 with Dory. Sponsored by the Derek Olivier Institute, Keeping It Real with Dory is designed to analyze, discuss, and develop positive outcomes to help stop the violence in the community. Now, let's go to the studios. Here's our show host, Edmund Davis. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. What's the science class? Let the semester begin as every episode is just that. And thank you for tuning in to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, making history one generation at a time at Arkansas Baptist College. We are broadcasting from ABC in downtown Little Rock's historic Dunbar neighborhood. We are just three lights from the Arkansas State Capitol building, the seat of power in the natural state. Keeping It 100 comes on every Thursday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time here on Buffalo Radio. Podcast us if you missed us. I'm your host for this hour where you will be empowered. I'm Ed Davis, director of the Derek Olivier Research Institute for the Prevention of Violence, where being real is the deal. Now, of course, I know we have to get started with some news for today, some announcements. For the most part, we try to keep it positive, fact-centered, and uh, driven to make us uh, think about certain things. So these announcements are courtesy of the first one here is by way of uh, an announcement concerning uh, Tamara, Miss Tamara Turner. Uh, shout out goes to her, and she's the CEO and founder of Silver Spoon Desserts. She was our guest last week. She is making history. She's a mover and shaker, and she was the first speaker of our Women's uh, History Month series. And of course, uh, she's the first African-American woman in the country to have a contract with American Airlines to serve her desserts. And uh, she is just taking off, and we thank God for what he's doing to her and her family uh, moving forward. The other announcement is, uh, yes, students, midterms week are upon us, okay? That's right. Midterm exams are next week, and uh, as we get ready, make sure that you're prepared for those students that are listening and those who are coming into the studio, all right? Also, this other announcement is courtesy of several news conglomerates But lawmakers have approved the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, and of course the numbers are 422 to 3. That's right, the vote was 422 to 3 after lawmakers failed to pass an anti-lynching bill 
some 200 times in the last 122 years. Okay, now just think about that uh, moving forward. We have to give a shout out in a negative way. No, I'm just playing. But we have to at least acknowledge these folks. Those three members, all right, those three members of the House of Representatives that were against, that's right, against this uh, anti-lynching bill. And that's Representative Thomas Massey, Republican of Kentucky. Also, uh, House in Texas, Chip Roy, okay, U.S. Representative Chip Roy. And also, U.S. Representative Alexander S. Clyde, Republican out of Georgia. Those are the three people, the three Americans, the three men who all said no to this anti-lynching bill. So if you live in Georgia, you live in Texas, you live in Kentucky, just kind of ponder on that. You know, don't do anything negative or the disgruntling. But again, just think about what those men said out of the 425, only 422 did the right thing. These three did not. So again, we have to, uh, you know, put that out there and uh, move forward. But we know Mammy Teal, the late Mammy Teal, Emmett Teal's mother, uh, will be pleased, and so will the other mostly African-American and other families as well. Because, of course, for those who don't know, black people weren't the only ones lynched. We the majority of the ones lynched, but we weren't the only ones lynched out of the nearly 10,000 known lynchings. We were the overwhelming majority in the United States. Okay, so we have to go, we have to go ahead and you know, make that known, make that fact are relevant even to this day, okay? And also, we have to give honor to where honor is due. We thank God for the Olivier family, to Papa Joe, Mama Alma, Sister Felicia, and Brother Antoine, and the entire Olivier family, their children and grandchildren. Uh, we want to acknowledge you all and just say thank you for giving us the green light to uh, have this uh, program where we empower people moving forward, okay? And so uh, before we get to our next and our first uh, guest, I want to say... Uh, Thank you to Arkansas Baptist College for uh, giving us this platform here because we are the only radio show in the country, that's right, in the country that has this unique setting where we're at an HBCU that has 70 plus percent of its students at a co-ed school are African-American males. And now we have a radio program that talks about weekly, okay, every Thursday, weekly, we have a radio show that talks about ways where we can mitigate homicides amongst African-American males. And again, that's the number one killer for African-American males, ages 1 through 44, okay? That's homicide. All right. Now, on to good news. Uh, we want to uh, talk about uh, our guest, our special guest, and that's Helen Michelle Brown Dowdell. All right, we go back, but before we go there, let's go here with her biography, okay? Helen Dowdell is the CEO of Mobility Unlimited Technology Worldwide, a Georgia-based company and founder of the Wildestrian, Okay. Dowdell was the inventor of the first and only adapted traffic signal technology exceeding ADA compliance for crosswalks, parking garages, and places, of course, known through traffic congestion. All right. Helen created a universal traffic light crosswalking system to protect vulnerable citizens after an accident in a crosswalk intersection, fatally claimed the life of a local uh, wheelchair user in her community. Okay. I can go on and on and talk uh, for a long time about some of the impeccable accomplishments of uh, Helen Dowdell and what she's been doing. This is not nothing new. She's well invested in this endeavor and her family is committed and she has an awesome team that's been put together by God's grace and his mercy. And so it's with that, okay, we welcome to the show Miss Helen Dowdell. Hey, Miss Helen, how you doing? Hey, Evan, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. We're honored to have you as a guest here on our show. And, uh, you know, tell us a couple of things about you that I just didn't mention in your biography in this introduction. Just kind of give us one <laughs> or two more facts that the world doesn't know that they need to know about Helen Dowdell. Well, I, I grew up a tomboy, uh, you know, playing, uh, you know, out in the country and grew up in a rural area from Tacoma, Washington, raised in southeast Arkansas. Dad was in the military. Mom was a a nurse that turned in, uh, started her own business as a hairdresser. Um, and um, I am just an ordinary person who uh, saw a need and wanted to make a change. I just wanted to do something impactful. Wow. And look, um, and the audience will see here, keeping it 100, you are keeping it 1,000, okay? You're keeping it 100 <laughs> with, uh, with the country and and of course, um, you know, with the Lord and with your family, and we appreciate that. Okay, uh, give the national audience a spectrum 
okay, into your family and, of course, your travels, being a daughter of a military man. Let's hear more about that. Yeah, so my dad was in the uh, United States Armed Forces. He's in the Army. Um, he uh, was a graduate of an HBCU. He's an ag scientist by trade, uh, uh, very instrumental in our life. Our family uh, owns a you know farm, a farm family, so that's been our business uh, for you know some generations, and uh, we've been very fortunate uh, with that. Um, my mother's hardworking, is entrepreneur, owned uh, several different uh, small-owned businesses, and I've watched her work and really uh, you know help mm-hmm. and be a huge beacon in our community small community uh, from our church to just uh, regular individuals. Uh, she's a granddaughter of a, a prominent minister in the in the community. Uh, I was friends with uh, the founder of uh, Ebony Magazine like back in the day. And they mm-hmm. you know, did some wonderful history that they've been a part of. Um, but so we were just a, a family, working class family. And uh, I was able, I've learned a lot from my, watching my mom and dad, you know, right. work so hard and also be just credible, upstanding citizens and giving back to people around them and giving people opportunities um, to uh, make their own contributions at the same time. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, first and foremost, uh, I want to tell your dad, thank him for this, for his service to this country. And, uh, you know, your mom and dad seem to be a power couple. And so uh, we appreciate them for, you know, doing what they have to do to get you to where you are, to help you, to set you on that right path. And, of course, they are protective factors, our parents. And uh, that's so awesome. Now, Helen, me and you, we go way back more than 15 years ago uh, before my days as a professor at Arkansas Baptist College and before being the director of Dory. And so I was an adjunct instructor at the University of Arkansas at Pulaski Tech. Now, of course, what were your goals uh, when you were a college student back then? And, and just kind of looking back and reminiscing, did it set you on the path that you're on today? Um, I think all things kind of work together, like, you know, and make a contribution to where I am, like, you know, now, what, you know, whatever that means. Um, but when I was in college, I was really trying to find my way. But I can say I've always been interested in how things work and finding solutions for things. Like since I was a kid, I remember my mom had an old uh, car seat that had a bunch. It was a beaded car seat mm-hmm. back in the day at her uh, Ford Fairmont. And she was getting ready to, to discard them. And I, and I begged her to keep them. And I uh, took the, uh, you know, took the thread apart from them and just kept the beads. And I turned them into necklaces and bracelets and I and I sold them on our on our block on railroad street yeah. <laughs> to the ladies on our block. <laughs> so um I think college taught me more so um because I was in the workforce. I was non traditional student. Right. Uh, you know, I went straight to school and then I had to take a break. By the time I believe you and I met I was definitely on a non-traditional like path. Mm-hmm. And what college taught me is that college can't teach you how to be an entrepreneur and how to survive. Yes, <laughs> That's what college yes. taught me. <laughs> but it also taught me too, especially community colleges, that they have great uh, you know programs that could give you uh, uh, wonderful certificates and degrees uh, without having to go straight to a four-year school. Now, Evidently, I graduated from an HBCU on a four-year path, and uh, and it was a very incredible experience, uh, learning, meeting new people, and also the opportunity to be surrounded by people who want to see you achieve. So for me, college did just that. Like, it just helped me to be introduced to different backgrounds, different cultures, uh, and to be undergirded, so to speak, to uh, decide what I wanted to do and to kind of explore. Right. Wow. Now... You know, I have to, and I have to say this because you know what you're doing in the in the, in the trails that you're blazing, uh, Mrs. Daldell, is important. But people need to know this as well. The first um, African American woman inventor was Judy uh, Reed. Was she patented in 1884? You know, a dough kneeler wow. and a roller, right? You know, and of course, she really improved the the concept to a, to the existing roller. And I was looking up because of the groundbreaking endeavors, the path that you're on. I looked up also. Uh, Sarah E. Good. She was the second African American uh, woman lady who uh, patented a folding uh, big cabinet. Of course, I didn't know what a folding big cabinet was. I had to look it up and saw what she did. And so, of course, your name is now 
etched among those uh, persons that came before. And so again, uh, it's a it's wow. a pleasure to just have this conversation. But I want to go ahead and stick back to um, uh, these uh, questions that I have for you. So you know, how did you become interested in STEM and, and traffic safety? And now you're a scholar on transportation safety methods. How did you uh, become? Where where was the start? Well, for me, like. I kind of, um, I've always been interested in STEM, but I grew up in a rural area, so there wasn't a whole lot of resources. Like, when I was growing up, there wasn't, like, STEM programs, so to speak. Um, but I was very curious, and so I always worked on things, which I have an older brother, and, you know, my mom's uh, brothers who were our age, you know, taking things apart. And so I was always curious, but I took a different track career-wise, starting off, like, I was in, you know, legal, legal marketing and, um, you know, media relations and things of that nature. And I kind of segued into this after uh, an accident in our community uh, claimed the life of a wheelchair user, what we call now pedestrians in a crosswalk. Um, it sparked my curiosity to, to create a solution so that we wouldn't have that sort of situation occur again. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first thought was to reach out to an, the engineering department after I um, designed a concept that I felt would be uh, useful and that could integrate into the existing system. Um, it wasn't uh, It wasn't until I met with engineering and, and found out that there was not much of a product out there, so mm-hmm. to speak, that I kind of went the track that I did as far as, like, you know, working on getting a patent and, you know, and also later on producing our first article, our first real-world product. Right. Um, so that's basically how I became more, like, literally involved in STEM. There are other things that I've, you know, worked on and projects that I've worked on, but this one obviously has been the biggest um, undertaking being that it affects intersections all over the, you know, world. So STEM has always been vital, you know, if you mm-hmm. think about, you know, in our history innately, I feel like we have, um, we have a natural inclination to formulate solutions to right. problems, um, you know, in Egypt, you know, we can go all the way back, um, but sometimes, you know, you know, right. being brought here to, our, you know, this this country, and you know, as, as our ancestors had to face so many different discriminations, and you know, and kind of, you know, oppression, um, it has been definitely a challenge, and we were, op- you know, a lot of oppression in our, you know, sometimes okay. in, you know, in your DNA, but. I feel like with the right opportunities and with, uh, you know, ingenuity and perseverance, you can do anything. So STEM is definitely a a place where I feel like you can really grow and develop uh, in all areas of your life. But specifically for me, it opened up a new world of opportunities, and I was able to identify what we could do as a country to kind of write some things that were overlooked traditionally as we've evolved with technology and innovation. Yes, yes. Okay, folks, we're going to take our first commercial break. We'll be right back with Mrs. Helen Dowdell. We'll be right back here on Buffalo Radio. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College Today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College Today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 
$500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. Welcome back to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, where being real is the deal. For those who just tuned in, that last voice that you heard before mine was Mrs. Helen Michelle Dowdell, CEO and founder of Mobility Unlimited Technology Worldwide, a Georgia-based company that is doing some groundbreaking uh, projects as it relates to, well, I'll let Miss Helen uh, elaborate a little bit more on that here in a second. So, Miss Helen, we want to say uh, definitely... Um, our prayers are, are with you and the team. And, uh, you know, it's just what you're doing is, 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 is galvanizing and it's gaining a lot of momentum and uh, definitely um, is something that could you do. Now, 10 years ago, did you see yourself doing something like this? Can you say that one more time? No, I said 10 years ago, did you see yourself uh, on this path uh, back no, in 2012? No, <laughs> Yeah. Not at all. You know, um, you know, I have a family and, you know, we had a, a, a you know, a, a, you know, a business that we had. And, you know, so, no, I didn't. But, you know, I thank God that he has me on this path. I, um, it definitely has been a lot of work, but it's, mm-hmm. it's been rewarding as well. Yes. Yes. Well, definitely. Um, You know, what is. And what lies ahead, I believe, is greater than what's behind us. And, and I'll leave that at that. And uh, definitely, um, you know, it's, it's unique. But how did you become an inventor? I, it, it just seems a lot of people that are listening, whether they're in Philly, Chicago, New York, New Orleans, uh, whether they're in Atlanta, that's right, ATL, whether they're in Selma, where we were uh, last week, you know, this is unique. I'm speaking to a lady who has, again, a patent, a U.S.-approved patent. I've spoken to plenty of people, all walks of life, but I believe this is the first time that I've had a conversation uh, with a patent-approved uh, U.S. citizen uh, who, who definitely um, is, is an African-American woman. So, so that's unique. And just kind of looking at those numbers, you know, we yeah. were talking about, I believe it's uh, 6%. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the numbers wrong here. It's 9%. Okay, it's 9.9% according to Staticia, that are, are women inventors. Now, that's women, not black wow. women. That's women inventors, 9.9%. <laughs> right. So now, of course, African-American women, in numbers a whole lot more uh, smaller than that. And so um, just to be a part wow. of that. Right, 9.9. That this is, uh, but, but what you're doing is opening up eyes, and, you know, people are not privy to it. They're not exposed to, you know, some of these, uh, you know, ideas, some of these concepts and just knowing about the U.S. patent, trademark, the whole nine, they don't know about that. And so what you're doing is a book, or you're writing a book right now with what you're doing. And so, you know, definitely we have wow. to you know, move forward. Well, less than 0.22% of people I found out last year were awarded patents. So I was just, you know, excited to be in the number, <laughs> so yes, to speak, less yes. than 1%, less than 0.22%. Percent. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand it's a, you know, I've seen an accomplishment, but what means more to me are the lives that we will save um, with this invention, with this, uh, you know, concept turned invention. Mm-hmm. It's definitely my goal that we, you know, continue on our track. We're, uh, we're on track right now to uh, be a global company and, we're, you know, grateful for that. It's, it's taken a lot of work, but yes. 
we're getting there and we're growing and we're learning more and more and it's very rewarding having to hear from our end users that are that are affected every day having to make choices between whether they stay or go uh, based off of the lack of accessibility that we have had in our country right okay now what do you want america to know about helen michelle dowdell and your role as a pioneer what do you want the listeners all over the country to know here we're keeping it 100 with dory well what i would like if they heard my name i would like for it to be uh synonymous with helping others that may have been overlooked um not necessarily like me per se but just thinking about others and how their lives are you know four out of six people will develop some sort of disability over the course of their lifetime so either you or someone you know i want i would like for them to think about will pedestrians i would like them to think about blind pedestrians and independent people living with disabilities and the things that they may need uh because they are a part we are a part of this world and we are in this together so if my name became synonymous with anything symbolically i would want it to be with helping others okay now for those who didn't listen you heard the ceo you heard the founder say it here herself now we want you to say one more time what will destria means the nation needs to know that term it's uh, approved of course by you and, and, and by others but let us know one more time what will destria means I'm having a little bit of a, um, can you repeat that one more time? Sure, yes, ma'am. Having a little bit of an issue hearing. Break down the term wildestrian. Okay, so thank you for asking that. So for those who don't know, um, wildestrian was adopted from the word pedestrian. Pedestrian, as you know, if you took Latin in school, petty is Latin for foot, go get a pedicure, you know. (laughs) But uh, anyway, so it means to cross by foot. So in a crosswalk is pedestrian because this crosswalk is exclusively for people that are walking. Um, So uh, wildestrian is a term we adopted to be more inclusive. So a wildestrian is someone who crosses using a wheelchair. A wheelchair, for most people, is just an extension of their legs. It's just how they travel. It's a mobility aid. So uh, it allows for them to cross safely. We also protect blind pedestrians as well and other people, pediatric, geriatric users as well, by notifying mm-hmm. a motorist that someone is in the crosswalk that they may not be able to see. So, um, but wheelchair is just uh, it's a, someone who travels using uh, a mobility aid, awesome, like awesome. a wheelchair. Yes, yes. And so you heard it, America. That's what it means. And of course. You know, it's unique. It has a certain uh, pop to it, if you will, as my students would say. And so we appreciate uh, you, your team, Mrs. Dowdell. And, uh, of course, I'm sure not just Will Destrians. Yes. Yes. And so uh, just real quick, how can people, how can companies, how can businesses, how can supporters reach you and follow you and your company at this time? Um, well, obviously, I, I believe we can provide some information to you so you can post it on your QR website, but they can also go to our our website. It's wildestrian.com, W-H-E-E-L-D-E-S-T-R-I-A-N.com, and leave your contact information on the information form, and someone will get back in contact with you, and we can give you all some additional information as well um, that can connect us even better through email. Awesome, awesome. Now, I believe in America, we have 55 million, and this is a a minority group, uh, numerically speaking, 55 million persons who are considered uh, disabled and are wildestrians, optically challenged. And uh, am I correct with that number? Yeah, yeah. You've done your research. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Done your research. Appreciate that. And that's more, you know, research, too, is really good. Once people become aware, like what you're doing, you're curious, you're looking, you're uncovering. I feel like curiosity and and, uh, inquiring and just becoming, uh, you know, interested in what's going on around you and being aware is just, that's the first step. And then once you're aware, you can kind of take, take, take note of your own surroundings and make determinations on okay, hey, is this the society that we're living in and what can we do to change this? What can we do to be more inclusive? So absolutely. Um, once you know the statistics, then you can just take inventory in your own surroundings. 
and that will help you to make a decision and a choice to be supportive and, uh, you know, spread any type of positive information about accessibility to your uh, colleagues, uh, businesses, Mm -hmm. about what we can do to keep the doors open for everyone, to accommodate everyone. Accommodations, uh, I I say accessibility is not a... um, Right. It's a human right. It's a reasonable mm-hmm. right. It's, it's not just a privilege. It's something right. that is necessary. A very, I would emphatically say very uh, necessary. And we're a better country with what, you know, you're doing and the, uh, the apparatus, the technology piece. And I can see it, you know, whether it's in downtown Manhattan or at this intersection right here at 16th and MLK Junior Drive. I, I can see it. And, um, you know, we appreciate you at this time. Yeah, and there's a lot of cities that have, you know, made, uh, who are who have had, like we have statistics about cities that have been impacted. And we are always, especially our company, is always happy to right. assist cities on, you know, exceeding compliance. It's not just about meeting compliance, but it's exceeding compliance. Because it really helps their constituents. It helps the people um, participate in a society that's real well-rounded and where they can make contributions. And we can also lend and borrow from other perspectives outside of uh, perspectives just from able-bodied individuals. Uh, you really need all types of people from all backgrounds to participate actively in, in society. Um, it's, you know, we talk about the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That starts with each individual person, but some, it's also, it also means that we have to watch out for each other for the greater good. Yes, yes, we have to. And of course, we're gonna go ahead and close out our interview and get ready uh, for our next special guest. But we appreciate what you're doing, your family, uh, the team that you've assembled, and, uh, of course, your constituency. And just this whole – I'm just happy. I'm real blessed to be a part. Any way that I can play to help put the uh, word out there to help promote what you're doing and uh, with the team's efforts and things like that. You always have a place here at Buffalo Radio. Uh, just know that. And uh, also give my regards to Absolutely. your family. And uh, Mr. Dowdell and everyone, tell them all we, we appreciate them as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. We will take our commercial break. Right now, we'll be right back with Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100 with Dory. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships when you apply. You'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio.
Welcome back to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, where being real is the deal. Uh, we were just blessed to have a conversation with Helen Dowdell, uh, the only known African-American woman in this country, woman in general, regardless of color, ancestry, heritage, uh, background, to have a U.S. patent approved uh, ADA compliant uh, device that's uh, about to you know, take off and help save lives. So again, it was great speaking with her. But before we get to our next uh, guest, we have a couple of announcements here. And of course, we mentioned before about the whole Emmett Teal anti-lynching bill, which has been approved. Um, we also want to acknowledge uh, Ms. Uh, Bradley and our thoughts and prayers go out to her as this Saturday morning, um, there's a bench in Boyd Park that's going to be named after her daughter, uh, Jalea Lene Hughes. Uh, for those who don't remember, last year this time, uh, Jalea lost her life. She was shot in Boyd Park in Little Rock. And, uh, of course, it was on a Saturday morning. This young lady, 10 years old, was a student at Otter Creek Elementary School. In fact, she was uh, my wife's uh, student uh, a year ago. And so, of course, uh, her family will be out there. We want to thank uh, NBA Hall of Famer Sidney Moncrief for his role in this bench, this uh, dedication. We also want to thank City Director uh, Doris Wright, Honorable Doris Wright, and others. There's a lot of people involved whose names I don't have in front of me. Uh, please place that to my head and not to my heart. But we thank you all for uh, putting forth the effort to uh, keep this uh, young lady's um, memory alive. And also, it's not just about her. It's about the others who lost their lives violently and tragically as well. Okay, so those parents out there, to those mothers, to those grieving mothers and fathers, our thoughts and prayers are with you as well uh, for this. And I want to give a recognition also uh, to my wife and say thank you for her, for her, her design in this project moving forward. So God rest her soul for Miss Jalea Hughes moving forward. Okay, we have in the studio, folks, y'all won't believe who I have in the studio here at ABC's Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio. We have the living legend. That's right, a living legend of 21. Not many of us can say that, okay? So we have here uh, Peyton White. And before we bring her to the mic and her awesome family here, her dad and her mom is here in the studio as well. We're blessed to have this uh, great family amongst us in our presence. I want to tell you just a little bit about Miss Peyton White before we go further, okay? So, Peyton White is a rising junior and physics major at Clark Atlanta University from, that's right, the Rock City here in Little Rock, Arkansas. In addition to earning her private pilot license at 17, I'll let that marinate, y'all, 17 years old, okay? To some, and of course to many, all right? Some of Peyton's aviation accomplishments include several leadership recognitions and accommodations, awards for being a girl of a distinction, through the Arkansas Women's Hall of Fame. She is a U.S. Navy uh, midshipman in uh, Morehouse College's uh, NROTC program on a full-ride scholarship and currently is serving as a battalion administrative officer. She plans to, uh, of course, be commissioned into the U.S. Navy as a fighter pilot. Okay, that's all right. Another pause, folks. All right, digest that. All right, we thank God for her and her family. Fighter pilot. That's right. Okay. Her ultimate goal is to become an astronaut through NASA's astronaut program. And she enjoys mentoring and encouraging youth to pursue their dreams. And of course, an interesting fact about Peyton is that she can play the trumpet. Of course, mic drop America. That's right. She can play the trumpet. Let's welcome the amazing Peyton White to keep it 100 Rodorio. Yeah. Hey, Peyton, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? You know what? It's a better day because you and your family are here with us. And so uh, we thank you all for uh, joining to Brother Darrell and Sister Nikki. Thank you for accompanying your awesome daughter here. Uh, this is a better place because of what you're doing. And we, before we go any further, we have to recognize uh, parents. We have to recognize their leadership. We have to recognize uh, their positions. And, of course, their positions in life, of course, will always be protective factors in protective mode, Mama Bear and Papa Bear always. But at the same time, you know, uh, Peyton is doing some amazing things, and it's because of her parents are just as great as, as their daughter. So, again, we thank God for them both. And so, Peyton, tell us a little bit about yourself that I did not mention in that introduction. Uh, yeah, so I was born and raised here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, both my parents um, actually are in law enforcement as well. Yes. Um, so I grew up around that little, that 
uh, service environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always had that service mentality. Yes. So I've always been very active in my community, um, whether it was at school or outside of school, and I still am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I attended Little Rock Central High School, which is just li- just down the street. <laughs> just down the street. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, <laughs> attended Little Rock Central High School. I was in the band. I've actually been in band for seven plus years. Okay. Um, started in middle school at Horace Mann, mm-hmm. and uh, I've also played softball pretty much all my life. I did volleyball, I did track, I did pretty much everything, you name it. Mm-hmm. I was the only child, and I hate being bored, and my parents <laughs> did not want me sitting at the house just doing nothing, taking up, wasting time and taking up space. So um, I always made sure I was active in something and something that was productive, and that would also count for my something in my future as well. So yes. not just, you know, just doing little stuff, but it'll mm-hmm. actually, you know, put forward something in my future, building my resume, as my parents would call it. So, right. yeah. Resume building, uh, you take it to a new, a new level, a, a new height. <laughs> and again, you know, I got to recognize your parents in that regard. And so, of course, you said law enforcement. We want to say uh, thank you to... Uh, both uh, parents here for putting their lives on the line every day, not just for you, but for myself as well, for Mr. Coleman. Uh, you, it's just, I'm, we're cut from the same cloth, but that part missed me. You know, of course, <laughs> my role is, as an educator is, is, is a little different, but serving in law enforcement, you know, just like in, in whether you're a pastor or a CEO of a bank, there's good and bad to all sides, but y'all represent the good, and I thank you for, for what you do, uh, and you put nearly 30-plus years in the game. So we, we want to thank you uh, for that. And so uh, definitely um, getting back to uh, Ms. Payton. Now, what was your initial interest in becoming an aviator, a pilot, Ms. Payton? Um, so this story is a little long, so I'm going to try to make it short yes, for ma'am. time's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> growing up, my parents, uh, my dad was actually a former service. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the Army. And we used to go to Little Rock Air Force Base all the time and attend the air shows with the fighter pilots and all this stuff. And that's just kind of how I took interest in aviation at a very, 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 very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a picture. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm in a cockpit of some aircraft at like the age of like four. I think <laughs> I believe I did see that yeah. online. Yep, yep. And I actually ended up recreating that, you know, years <laughs> later when I got my license, which is yes. pretty funny. But um yeah, so you know, I went through school, you know, as kids you go through different phases. So yeah, I wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals and then I found out I had to deal with rats and other rodents <laughs> and stuff. I said, Never right. mind <laughs> And then um I wanted to be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to be a MIMS, uh, a paramedic. I, it just, I went through many different phases. Got you. Got you. Yes. <laughs> um, then I got to high school, joined J- Air Force JROTC at mm-hmm. Central. And my instructor was very influential in uh, me becoming a pilot, actually. So Air Force JROTC headquarters offers a program to young cadets that are in high school to, you know, receive your pilot's license or at least to up to your first solo. Okay. Um, I actually applied twice to that program and did not get in. Um, I got denied twice. And, you know, the requirements were, you know, you didn't have to have aviation experience. And, you know, it was just you had to take a test, though, that tested your, you know, aptitude on aviation knowledge. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting, you know, kind of deal there. But then when you looked at the pictures and, kind of who were selected for those mm-hmm. positions, there were none that looked like me. Exactly. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I didn't want to let that discourage me. And, you know, no in one place doesn't mean no in another. Mm-hmm. And so I actually did the research on my own while my parents and myself had talked about taking out loans to start taking flight lessons mm-hmm. out at um, Central Fine Services at Little Rock Airport. Yeah, the Hober family. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we had started, you know, talking about taking out loans, but I really didn't want my parents to have to go through, you know, that financial, you know, part of trying to just take out loans and pay because flight school is very expensive. Yes. And I don't know anybody that just got $30,000 laying around just to play for <laughs> flight lessons Ooh. every day. <laughs> And so I, one night I was at a friend's house. We had a little sleepover, and I was scrolling through Instagram, and I was like, you know, I followed a lot of Instagram pages that had to do with aviation. And um, one night it was a Tuskegee Next flyer posted okay. on Instagram. Okay. And I had no idea, like, what it was saying, but it was like a plot a day, and mm-hmm. I knew from, you know, previous times, if it's an application and I meet the requirements, I'm going to apply. Mm-hmm. 
and then we'll do the research on it later. <laughs> so that's basically what happened. I sent it to my mom. We applied within like a couple months span too, because the application deadline was actually coming in close. Wow. Um, I applied, then I made it through to the next phase, which was the interview phase, and then um, I did my interview, which I thought went horribly wrong. Like I just, I was like, it went horrible. I don't know what. Like I could have made it better. Like I just was very upset about it. But then I got an email back probably a week or two later saying, congratulations, you've been accepted into the ground school program, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. And then, right. you know, it was on from there. And, yeah, that's pretty much it now. And then I became a pilot. Wow. <laughs> you've heard it, folks, in America, whether you're in L.A., Memphis, Philly, Chicago, St. Louis, you've heard it here from Ms. White uh, moving forward. So, of course, I want to also give a shout-out. You had mentioned, Peyton, uh, Central Flying Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we all know Mr. Richard uh, Dick Holbert, and uh, their dad back in the 30s and 40s, Claude Holbert, was the one that started uh, Central Flying Service back in 1940. And uh, of course, uh, at that time, Mr. Milton P. Crenshaw, Dr. Crenshaw, we all know him. He's a living, well, of course, he passed away, but when he was alive, he was a living legend here. And uh, that gave me a foot into the whole aviation community. And I tell people, I'm an astronomer, you're the astronaut. So of course, <laughs> you actually do it, but I write about it. And so we thank uh, the Crenshaw family. We thank the Holbrook family uh, moving forward. Want to give them a quick plug in. All right. So uh, just kind of moving forward now being um, just overall, I've got several things that I've just kind of missed out on, but I'm going to tie it back into it here. Mm -hmm. So this question is both for your both of your parents who are protective factors to Peyton's life and success. Mm -hmm. Again, to uh, uh, Brother Daryl and, and Sister Nikki. Uh, give our listeners on this national broadcast the keys to your success uh, as a family. We all know Peyton is the next generation. She's moving up higher and she's doing it now. But what would you say, Mr. Dow? What would you say, Ms. Nikki, of course, uh, are the keys to success for your families? Well, of, of course, I, I want to thank you for, for allowing us this broadcast. But um, one thing that okay, okay. one thing that. One, one thing that bothered me a lot is growing up in the east side of Little Rock. Um, of course, uh, we was in a, um, in, in a poor environment. You know, we lived um, in the, uh, the East End projects. Yes, sir. Um, but there's a deliberate and concerted effort to break down the black nuclear family. Yes, sir. When people used to talk to me, they used to assume that I was uh, at home with my brothers and sisters, with uh, just my mother. Mm -hmm. But I came from a two-parent home. Even though we were poor growing up, uh, they made a concerted effort for us to be involved in many things, whether it be church or doing uh, just uh, extracurricular activities to keep our mind focused and okay. busy. Uh, I wanted to, uh, to, to pass that on to my daughter. Uh, one thing that makes us look well around is when we get involved in things that are non-traditional to, to African-American people. Yes, sir. Uh, we're always, uh, you know, looking to play basketball and football and all that mm -hmm. stuff, but nobody wants to play the golf or played the tennis, and uh, I, knew, I knew that I had to get her involved in many things to see what she was gonna be good at. So whether it be sw swimming, softball, volleyball, uh, she actually played the trumpet in the band, I also played the trumpet. Okay. She was trying to follow in my footsteps, <laughs> and believe it or not, a lot of your children, uh, you know, we have a direct influence on what, how our children think and what, what they do. Yes, sir. So the, 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 the breakdown of the black nuclear family is, I think it's a concerted effort to try to break us apart because they know that great things can happen if we stay together. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is one example of that. Um, one thing that I would say is you have to have a balance. Um, being uh, Peyton's father, you know, I'm an authoritarian type of guy. Yes, sir. But she has also had that nurturing side that gives her empathy and also uh, shows her how to do things in a, uh, an intelligent way. Mm -hmm. um, my wife is good at that. Uh, I'm also, I'm, I'm very good at just giving direction, but you have to have a balance with that. You can't overparent. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter gave me uh, several things that she was interested in. I had to hone that mm -hmm. and, and tell her that you can do anything that you want to do in your lifetime. And you have to be serious about that. You have to invest in your children. Mm -hmm. So uh, when she told me that she wanted to, to fly planes, it was no doubt in my mind that she could do it. So my, my issue was trying to find the money to get it done. Mm -hmm. She did it on her own. So wow. when you raise your children right, you know, that's what they think about. She was thinking about uh, the, uh, the money that it would take to do that. And yes, she sir. didn't want to put that burden on us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm truly blessed 
to have a, a child that would even think in that way. Yes. So. Awesome. Awesome. Miss Nikki. Um, I would just say that just to kind of add to that is we started really early yes, with her when she was in um, really elementary kindergarten. And I started telling her that she was going to college, that it was not an option that she wasn't going to go, and that she was going to pay for it. So we had to start um, just figuring out what we needed to do to help build her character and give her the confidence in herself, because whatever it is that she decided that she wanted to do, she might be alone. Yes. And she may be the only one. Mm -hmm. And with the career that she's chosen, we did, we always told her, look, find something that you love to do. And as long as you love it, find out how to get fa- figure out to get paid for it, mm-hmm. and it'll never feel like work. You know, you're just doing what you love every <laughs> right, day. Right. So she, anything that we've always taught her or told her, she takes it literal, and she puts her a thousand percent into it. And we just uh, made sure that she knew that she was supported. Uh, we put a lot of um, um, energy into supporting her in her education. And being excited about her education, mm-hmm. which we wanted her to get that that energy too, to be excited about your education. Yes. And you would work harder, and you would be more successful. You'd learn to push yourself more. Mm-hmm. So all the things that we put into her, just being a non-traditional student, mm-hmm. and being a young little black girl, I always said people are going to be looking at you. You already have two strikes against you. You're black and you're female. So what is it that is going to separate you from or give you that boost of confidence or separate you from that, that group that is not trying as hard? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to encourage yourself as well as encourage them exactly. to do something different exactly. and be different? And so she took our advice, and she came to us. We talked about things. We gave her a voice. We allowed her to have her voice. And we sat down and had discussions about things that she wanted to do or the rights and the wrongs. Um, she was very inquisitive. And um, she's also, a, a, she hadn't told you, but she used to write poems Uh-oh. and write little stories. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I always gave, told her, you know, use a little notebook, write things down, journal, get things out of your head. Because right. she was very involved and very active. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to hone in on everything that um, the energy that she gave out. We wanted to hone in on that and see what what you know hit (laughs) and that aviation thing that that bug just hit her and she just you know she ran with it came a magnet (laughs) and i will say one more thing her milton p milton p crenshaw was born on january 13th her birthday is january 13th yes so i always tell her she was born for this (laughs) she was created for this yes yes (laughs) i believe that we know god doesn't make mistakes he lined it up and and, and we and we, we embrace that Yes, yes. Yes, we embrace that. So, Miss Poet now, of course, not just playing. <laughs> All right, okay, Peyton, so, 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 so hear me out. Here we go. You are an influencer. You are a trendsetter and a role model for young people. Uh, how does it feel uh, to be considered and to actually live these things right now? Um, I would say, well, one, is an honor. Um, I feel like everyone has a purpose, and this is kind of the path that God has chosen for me. Um, he's using me as a vessel to reach out to other people, to younger people. Um, and I'm just doing God's work right now. Um, basically I, I don't look at it as something I, I try to be, well, I, I try to remain as humble as possible about it because, you know, it's, it's nice to get recognition, you know, for accomplishments and things of that sort, but that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm genuinely doing it because I know growing up, I didn't see literally little to none uh, that looked like me, you know, flying aircraft or even when I went on trips with my family, we were really still yet to this day, I have yet to see a African-American pilot, you know, air, uh, pilot one of the aircraft that I've flown on, you know, just for simple vacation with my family mm-hmm. or, you know, just going places. So it's like, if anybody is going to be the change, it has to start now. It has to start with somebody. Yes. So I want it to start with me. And that way, with me reaching out to younger girls, younger boys, just younger people of color, um, especially from a small town like Little Rock, uh, mm-hmm. I want people to know that you can literally come from anything, look like anything, and do anything. Yes. And so, yeah. Okay. Now, what do you want to be remembered for your own personal women's history, Mark, here? Not just in Little Rock, not just at your school in Atlanta, but what do you want that to be? Uh, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered 
for not being the only one. So in that case, my life goal is to bring up someone or some more people, young ladies, young men like me, up to the position I am now to go further than what I'm trying to go now. Um, there are young women and young men out there who have huge, great, large dreams that probably don't even like understand that they actually can achieve those dreams. And I want to be remembered as that person that's like, oh, okay, well, she's doing it, and we're really close in age, so mm -hmm. now I, I think I really can do this, and you never know. That may be the day, or that may be the you know spark in them that's like, okay, I'm going to go you know take flight lessons today. It doesn't even have to be for piloting. It literally can be anything, and that's, that's the beauty of it. I just really want to be you know that spark in somebody's life that's like, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. I can do it. She's done it. She's doing it now. I'm seeing her live it. I want to live through her. I'm going to wow. do it. Exactly. So. Okay. In America, of course, ABC News said two years ago in 2020, less than 1% of U.S. pilots are black women. So you're a part of a class of uh, trailblazers. And, of course, that number needs to grow. And, and what you're doing is, is, is evidence of that. You know? So uh, closing remarks, how can people follow you? How can people uh, support what you're doing, not just in aviation but also in aerospace? How can people uh, you know, follow you? Um, so, well, for one, social media, everyone loves social media, so I'm on literally probably almost every platform there is, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow me on Instagram at Peyton.Alexis, and that is Alexis with an A, A-L-E-X-A-S, um, and that's the same way for Facebook, Peyton Alexis, and I am also on LinkedIn, which is very important to have because I wouldn't be where I am today without those networking um, opportunities. Yes. And yes. LinkedIn is a very good uh, outlet for networking. Okay. And so, uh, again, it's an honor to have all three of you in here. And I want to give the last um, remarks to uh, Brother Darrell and Miss Nikki just to kind of close out. Is there anything you want to say to America or to, uh, you know, students here at Arkansas Baptist? Yes, sir. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I just want to tell uh, folks that's willing to listen, uh, uh, invest in your children. Um, our black children in our society today, they're so influenced by the, the social networking and the negative connotations and the, uh, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, the social media work off algorithms. So if you keep looking at the bad stuff on social media, it's going to keep sending it to you. And that's what's going to be perpetuated in your mind is, you know, our community is not doing enough positive things. I really commend you on spotlighting our children and, and letting them have a voice. Thank you. And, uh, and, and giving them their place in history. Thank you. So, uh, but as a black man, I don't have any sons. I was blessed with two daughters. Yes, sir. And I told my daughter one time, I don't need a son to accomplish uh, what dreams I had for my life. I just wanted to have good children that was productive in society and she's excelled that mm -hmm. everything that i've ever wanted to do in my life she's doing it plus some and not i'm not gonna even lie she has some of the uh the integrity that i've never seen in a child yes, but I, I felt like that we put that we placed that in her uh, a lot of our children don't get the morals the moral foundation that they need so uh, invest in your children uh, nurture your children have some empathy for their situations and uh you know and I just believe in them so they can be great. Okay. Well, there you heard it, folks. Uh, we've got, again, uh, the legendary living legend, young lady, pioneer, uh, soon-to-be astronaut, Miss Peyton White. We have her awesome mother, of course, uh, Miss Nikki, who's also a service member. And uh, thank you, Miss Nikki, for putting your life on the line you. here. Thank with you. 27 years in the Little Rock Police yes, Force. Sir. Exactly, of course, to Brother Darrell with the Sheriff's Department. Uh, you all are just, I'm, I'm smarter, I'm a better man just sitting here with you all. So, of course... <laughs> Uh, we want to thank you moving forward. And um, again, stay tuned for next week at 6 o'clock p.m. where we will have part three of our Women's History Series uh, program here at Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio. Thank you so much. And again, we thank God for Peyton's family. We thank God for Peyton moving forward. And remember, keeping it real. God bless. Thank you for listening to Keeping It 100 with Dory, the show designed to create positive attitudes and come up with solutions to stop the violence in the community. Join us every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. We'll see you next week.